Good morning, and welcome to No Easy Answer, the wonderful, amazing, and beautiful podcast where we discuss all topics underneath the sun through the light of the Holy Scriptures. Uh, my name is Cameron, and I am your host for today, as I am for every day of this podcast, because it's mine. Ha! Huh. Uh, today, if you've actually read the title on this, you're probably going to be a little shocked. Like, why in the world would I be talking about this topic? Um, and this is, again, for if you haven't read the title, I'm talking about UFOs, UAPs. I'll just describe all this in a second. Uh, and this topic of non-human intelligences. Now, this is actually going to be probably a three- or four-parter, and it might even continue on to other not-so-typical topics uh, that I typically discuss on this podcast. And and for this particular one about the UFOs and the UAPs, I want to be 100% clear and upfront from the beginning on my motives for this. I'm not doing this because uh, I've gone a little crazy. I'm not doing this because I've been abducted, abducted which I have not been. Um, I'm not doing this because it's just a, a personal interest of mine. Uh, and I'm not doing this because I think it's it's something just needed to talk about. I'm doing this actually out of uh, pastoral care. Uh, and you'll see in a second as you get into this <clears throat> that it appears that there's going to be, or appears that there is, movement towards um, a more open discussion about non-human intelligences, UFOs, UAPs, by part of the government. And there's been recent developments that make that even more so. And my biggest concern is that whatever happens, whether true or not, whatever is said, whether true or not, I want to make sure that, one, our faith in Christ is unshaken. My biggest concern is if something happens and someone in the government comes out and says, yes, hey, we have made contacts. Uh, here's the big reveal. Turns out there's aliens out there and we have, we've even been working with them for years and decades and whatnot. I, I want, I don't want this to be such a shock to anyone that it causes them to question <clears throat> or perhaps even lose their faith. That's kind of the main reason and motivation behind this. And let me give you a spoiler alert. Even if it were true, even if we were to find aliens or stuff like that, uh, I'm not sure what something like that would be, but if we were to find aliens, there is absolutely no reason to question nor lose our faith. Let me just go ahead and give that as a uh, as a teaser right now. We're going to get into that on the next episode. Today, I just kind of want to set up the playing field, um, understand what it is we're talking about, and what has been happening recently that has caused me to actually come into this topic and discuss it and talk about it, and uh, and then... After that, I want to talk about what could be the actual realities of what's going on, and then what are the possible reactions. Now, there's a lot of people talking about what the possible realities are behind some of these more recent revelations, <clears throat> but I don't hear people talking about reactions, and that's kind of one of the main things I want to talk about. How can you react to any sort of big, earth-shaking news? And this can be true for... Uh, the revelation of the alien life. It can be true for a personal revelation in your life, something that changes uh, some previously held beliefs. Anything that, that goes against your previously held beliefs, I want to talk about how we can react to that. What are the options in front of us? 
Now, I'm not going to say in this episode, nor I don't even think in the second episode, <sighs> perhaps when I get to the third episode, I'm not going to reveal, or I'm going to try not to reveal my own personal interpretation or understanding of this, or my own best guess. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do that in this episode. I want you to kind of wrestle with this and come to your own understanding, uh, and, and I want you to really, again, engage in the Lord Jesus Christ with this, because I feel like anytime we deal with something we're over our heads in, which is probably a lot more frequent than we realize, our best place to go is always to Jesus. Like, Lord, help us. Help me to understand what this is. And I know many of you might say, there's absolutely no reason to even be discussing this. There's much bigger fish to fry in the world, and there's other more important things to do that God has given us to do. And I would 90% of the of the way agree with you. However, as you're going to see in a second, I've, I just intuitively, it feels like something is afoot. And whatever it is, whether it be real, whether it be a deception, whether it be a hoax, whether it be whatever, uh, I, I want us as people of faith to be prepared and to not be moved around just because something pops up and it turns out, oh my gosh, what, what if, right? Um, I, I don't want that to happen. With that said, let's begin. Um, I, I'm going to give my own little personal... Not testimony, but my own personal history with with the idea of aliens, uh, many times referred to as, um, we'll see it later on, non, well, there, there's a term called non-human intelligences, which is what it's being used currently, and again, the non-human intelligence could mean multiple things, but in the colloquial, we're talking about aliens, extraterrestrials. Now, my, my very first experience with this is when I was young, probably four maybe five. Uh, and I remember we were living, my family was living in Seattle at the time, and the house we were living in uh, was on a cul-de-sac, and, and my parents slept in a room that was towards the street side. I slept in a room that was towards the backyard. And it was a large backyard. It had a big flat area with a patio and like a little like brick oven type thing. And then after that, it had a very big drop-off after this flat area. And so I had the patio with, you know, a little bit of concrete and also had a grassy area in that flat area. And then it had a real steep drop-off towards the back with lots of trees and blackberries because, you know, Seattle. Uh, and all sorts of other fun stuff down there. So one night I was awakened in the middle of my sleep, which I had a lot of weird dreams in that house. But I can tell you this was not a dream. This was definitely something I saw. Um... But still, there was some kind of heavy stuff happening in that house. I don't know what it was exactly. I mean, uh, uh, later I'd probably say, through my current eyes, I'd probably say there's some spiritual stuff going on there. And I'm going to share with you what I saw, uh, and then we'll get into some interpretation in a bit. But I was woken from my sleep, and I saw lights coming from the backyard. And I remember I was in my bed, and I was able to uh, basically get on my knees in my bed and look out the window... And I saw a series of rotating orange and blue lights. And it looked like kind of the classic flying saucer thing where it's like these lights were rotating around something in the back. And they're like orange and blue. And there might have been some green and red, something like that. And, and yes, they looked very similar to typical like 1980s uh, large bulb Christmas light colors. <laughs> Those are kind of the four colors they're going with. Uh, the orange, the blue, and the green, and the red. And I was looking at that, and it, but these lights were not small like that. These were larger size lights. I almost want to say, like, you know, 
construction strobe orange light that you put on top of a truck that spins, uh, kind of in like a, a, a cylindrical case. They're kind of along that size, but they were not spinning that way. They're spinning around something that was in the backyard. And I was obviously freaked out. And I had enough strength within me to get over my fear to get out of my bed and run over to my parents' room, which is towards the front of the house, and say, there's aliens in the backyard. There's aliens in the backyard. And uh, I think my mom, my dad was like, eh. <laughs> um, and he might have gotten up too. I, I'm not super clear on that part of the memory. But in any case, somebody or somebody's, uh, being my mom or my dad, came and looked out the window and there was nothing there. Uh, what can I say? But I was like, I know I saw it. Now, is it possible that I saw in the window a reflection from the front part of the house, like the street side, and was coming in through another room and reflecting off that? It might be possible. I don't remember the house enough, but I, from what I remember of, of the land of the house, I don't think that was actually possible. I think his lights actually were coming from the backyard. Now, am I saying it was aliens? Well, when I was four, yes, I was. <laughs> am I saying it's aliens now? I have no idea. I, I know I saw something. I know I didn't just make it up. I know I saw something. Uh, but I'm not saying that what I saw was necessarily a little green man or anything on both sides. But I did have some sort of encounter that made me think that at that age aliens were definitely 100 percent real let's flash forward uh, a number of years to now no longer in the 80s but now into the early 90s and i was probably at this point i remember a new house we moved into in boise idaho and this is the house i, I spent most of the time in growing up and this must have been after fourth grade at this point and my parents started watching this new series that was going around. Everybody's loving it called The X-Files. No, I don't own the rights to that song. But I remember that little tune. I heard that tune and it stuck. It struck fear into my heart. I was flipped out. And I was like, what are they watching? And I looked over the screen and I saw these kind of weird images like for the intro to that show. And I was freaked out. I was just scared to death. And the house was dark, and I had to get back to my room. And the hallway was dark, and I had to run by some other open doors to get back to, to my room, which is at the very back left, down the street side. And uh, I was freaked out. Every day, I had to go into my room and turn on the light in the dark. I was flipping i was just absolutely freaked out and scared and petrified of the dark and my fears were not getting better they was getting worse and uh at some point along the way i remember either listening to bible answer man with my mom or something but she talked about something like if you ever run into a demon just say it needs to go away in the name of jesus something like that well one night one night in the midst of all this serious fear i'm having from every time i watch the x-files it was freaking me out and i was trying to run around I get back to my room in the dark, and I was scared, and for whatever reason, I couldn't turn a light on to, to get back there. I didn't want to admit that I was scared. Uh, for this whole reason, I got to the point where uh, I was just petrified by fear. So again, one night, I was laying in my bed, and I woke up again. And now this one might have actually been a dream. I, I'm not 100% certain on this one, so it's a little weird. I remember the light in my aquarium being on, which is odd, because I believe I turned it off at night. But... The light in the aquarium was on, and then at the foot of my bed stood a gray. And if you don't know what a gray is, a gray is your typical large-eyed alien with kind of gray skin. 
Um, and but it had like kind of this reddish, purplish type robe on it with like this very high collar, very freaky looking. And I was petrified. I couldn't move. This is a typical sleep paralysis, spiritual attack type thing. And yes, I know they're two different things. Um, or you just can't move. You can't say anything. You can't whatever. But somehow in the midst of that, seeing this thing at the foot of my bed, just absolutely petrified with fear, could not move, could not open my mouth. And at some point I was able to open my mouth and I said, in the name of Jesus, go away. And the thing vaporized from its feet up to its head and disappeared. And guess what? After that, I wasn't scared of the dark. Now, just because I tell a story, is am, I, am I saying, am I making the declaration that all aliens are demons? No, I'm not. Well, let me be clear about this. <laughs> am I saying that everything that we're going to talk about are all demons? I'm not making that claim. I'm not saying that. I'm not even hinting at that. I'm just saying, in my own personal case, I was paralyzed by fear. I believe it definitely had a spiritual reality to it. And at some point, I was able to use the authority of Jesus to cast that thing out. And I believe by the grace of God, that was kind of a, a God moment that he let me use his authority to do that. Uh, he, he made that thing go away. And I was freed from my fear of the dark at that point in my late childhood, early adolescence, whatever you want to call it. Fast forward now to the end of the late 90s. Guess what I'm watching? I'm watching The X-Files. <laughs> I'm loving this show. Oh, man, I'm, I'm eating this up. This is this, this is good stuff. And uh, it's, it's not causing me to freak out. Um, it's not causing me to be scared. I'm, I'm just loving the whole whole series. Like, oh, this is really good. Uh, so I've, I'm becoming an X-Files fan. And, and my very Baptist mother, somehow, I don't know how, anyways... She got me turned on to Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM. And if you have no idea what that is, um, that's okay. Because, again, this was a show that was happening in the late 90s, early 2000s. It might have been going on much before the late 90s, is my guess. A uh, gentleman named Art Bell, based out in the desert of Nevada. And he'd come on every night uh, from 9 o'clock until 12, I think, Mountain Time. And uh, so he was he was basically had this three-hour show on the radio and it was all about weird topics. So they talk about ghosts. They talk about aliens. They talk about cryptoids, which are like creatures that live on the earth that people have not been able to identify. Like Bigfoot would be a cryptoid or the lizard people would be a cryptoid or whoever. So they had all sorts of very odd and, and <laughs> funny and different guests on there. And it's always just like, ooh, what about this? Oh, what about that? And it's just full of conspiracies and all this kind of stuff. Anyways, just, I mean... Oh, it was classic, good, late-night radio, and uh, I, I just ate that up with a spoon. It was great. In any case, that, that kind of piqued my interest in a lot of these topics and, and things, and I remember even, like, one time there was this guy that came on there, and I think his name was Red Elk or something, and he's like, oh, yeah, you can fly. You just got to get yourself a mattress and jump around the mattress and just have a good old time, and all of a sudden, you'll be floating, and then you do it again and be floating for a little more, and all of a sudden, you fly. He's like, yeah, I flew for a while. We never Montana the other day and all this kind of stuff. So I, what was I doing the next day? I was out there jumping around in the backyard trying to see if I could fly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crazy things like that. Um, in any case, later on in my life, once I get to college, I, I fully give myself over to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And and I, I lose my interest in that stuff. That stuff just is no longer interesting to me because I, I realize... Eh, these are just fables. These are things that are not of any value. This is just really junk that is not really good at all. So I begin to pay more attention to what Jesus is doing. And 
that's where I've been for a long time. I'd like to think I've been there for a while. And I have not really looked into any of this stuff for the longest time. And yet, da 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 da, something happened very recently that I actually saw a news clip on and it got my interest. And I was like, wow, what is this? So that that's my own personal experience in terms of the weird and the unknown and uh specifically in terms of aliens and ufos and also uaps known as unidentified aerial phenomena or unidentified anomalous phenomena um and so i i wanted to get into uh i really kind of took a big step away from all that kind of stuff and i really was not interested in it and then there's been kind of a recent uh person that's come forward and talked about this that caused me to really look into this again after the longest time and now uh here we are this is where we're at so i kind of been hinting at this but the, i guess the question is the big why here and, and again i, I don't want to be motivated just by current events I, I don't think that's ever a good idea to be motivated by that but i feel like at some point you gotta you gotta have that boy scout mentality and you need to be prepared i never was a boy scout but i feel like uh, there's something pushing me to be prepared here and and what i hope i'm wrong but whether something's going to come out where there is an official reveal of alien or, or non-human intelligence in the next year in the next 10 years in the next 100 years in the next thousand years or never uh i feel like it's probably better on our part as people of faith to be prepared for whatever could come at us um in terms of our our faith and where that is and so i don't want anything to come in here and surprise us and be like oh my gosh that makes me question everything i, I don't want that so what has been going on recently i i got this little timeline i put together and uh i want to go through it briefly and again i'm this timeline that i'm going through you need to understand this is a timeline based off of recent government actions and specifically kind of through the lens of Congress and a few other uh, folks within the intelligence uh, defense part and also NASA. So I'm, I'm going to go through this with that lens. I'm not talking about people's just sightings in general. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, individual sightings or testimonies or eyewitness account. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about this through the lens of the government. And once again, let's clear the government from many, 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 and I don't get to uh, well-orchestrated unit <laughs> or whole, because it is not. Uh, I think if anyone is going to look at the government through an honest lens, you realize it's not. And so what it seems like is that Congress, as a very public part of the government, is, is making strides to begin to normalize the idea of UFOs, non-human intelligence, and UAPs. So let's, let's go with this. Um, back in 2007, uh, the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, um, they set up a program called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identifi Identification Program, the AATIP. Um, ah, tip. <laughs> Everything with the government is all is all uh, uh, acronyms. So we got to go with this. In any case, so they they started that back in two thousand seven, and they really created this thing to study 
uh, to create a way that they could look into reports of UFOs, which would later be named UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, um, and, and move that way. Now, I, I need to take a pause right here, because again, my thesis is that they're trying to normalize this whole thing, whereas before it was kind of like Cookville, like X-Files type stuff, if you believe this, you're crazy. It seems like they are trying now to make this normal. And, and whenever you're trying to change perceptions on something, you begin to change names of something. And so the whole concept of UFOs kind of disappeared, and now we're talking about UAPs. We're not talking about aliens, we're talking about non-human intelligences, NHIs. So we're, we're, we're changing the nomenclature that's being used around all this, this whole field. And again, my thesis is that this is trying to be normalized. This is trying to be uh, not stigmatized anymore, but now a normalized stuff. So here we go, 2007 they do that. And then that just starts cranking around and they're studying and doing all that kind of stuff. Ten years later, New York Times puts out on their uh, on the front page of their paper about this program. It turns out, hey, we did some some research and we found out there's some money going towards this program. The Defense Department is looking into this, and uh, here's some interesting stuff they have about it. So they they begin to find some interesting bits about this, and uh, this goes out into the wide world. Um, a little bit later, in 2019, uh, the Navy begins to introduce new sets of guidelines for how to report for their pilots and other members of the armed services how to report the phenomenon of UAPs. So I'm sure they created a form you could fill out. I'm sure that's kind of what it came down to. But what it meant was, we don't want you guys to not say anything. We don't want you guys to go out there, fly around, see something weird and be like, I'm not saying anything because they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to take away my rank from me. What they're trying to do is say, no, if you see something, say something, and we're not going to say you're crazy because we need to look into this. And maybe it was just an equipment malfunction. Maybe it was an atmospheric phenomenon. Maybe it was a balloon. Maybe something else. We don't know. But we need to know if you saw something and nobody's going to say you're crazy. We just need to know these things. And so let's normalize the way to report these things. Um and I believe not too long after that, again, I don't have my all my dates here perfectly, uh, the Navy actually released some um, some footage, and this might come in the 2020 part that I'm about to get to, where they did show some of the stuff, they declassified some of the things that some of the Navy pilots had seen and caught in their uh, aircraft video recording systems or their FLIRs or um, heads-up displays and HUDs and all that kind of stuff. So uh, all that to say... There was a way to report it, and then some of the stuff got reported later on. Then we get to 2020. 2020 is a big year. So the Senate Intelligence Committee um, begins to include funds for uh, a report on UAPs. They basically say, all right, guys, we, we got this stuff going on. We're hearing these reports of this. We want to know what's going on. Congress wants to know, and we want to see what the heck's going on here. We're going to give some money for a report. So after that, um, after they set aside that, that money and they earmark it for creating this report on UAPs, the Director of National Intelligence, uh, that's DNI, he creates the UAP Task Force. He creates a division within the DNI uh, to study this phenomenon report. So now you've got people hired on that their job is 100% to investigate all these reports of UAPs. And all they're going to do is sit down and look at this stuff and see what is going on here. They're going to sit down and analyze all these different reports that come in and go from there. Um, so in 2021, 
they come back and they give their report to Congress. Um, and in that report, again, I believe this is the part where you see some of these uh, these items that are flying around, stopped by Navy video and whatnot. Um, they say, hey, Congress, here's, here's what we looked at and here's what we found. And basically the big, the big thing on the report was that we have zero evidence that any of these things are aliens. Um, we've looked at the majority of those things and turns out the majority of these things have a natural explanation. They're not something that's weird, but there is a small percentage, maybe 5%, 10%, which we can't say exactly what they are because we just don't have enough data. But still, that doesn't mean necessarily that they are aliens, but that doesn't really seem that they're not. We're just saying we can't determine what it is because we don't have enough data for it is, for what it is. Uh, please give us more money. And we'll keep looking into it. And of course, any good government report is going to ask for more money to keep looking into it. Because obviously people don't want to lose their jobs. So there we go. Government spending. Um, your tax dollars at work. So now, uh, again, oh, and then the other thing is, uh, it made some procedures. So just in case there was contact with an alien intelligence or non-human intelligence, it finally says, here's what you're going to do, everybody. Uh, and it lays out the procedures for just to be just to be safe you know we're not saying that we found any of this stuff but if we ever do we want to make sure we have all of our procedures nailed down and that we're prepared for it good deal be prepared voice got again uh okay and then after that in 2022 now they get some more funding the department of defense different than the dni creates its all domain anomaly resolution office also known as Aero, Aero, um, All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. And so they create this thing that's also going to look into this UAP thing now, different from the UAP task force. This is a different entity, but it begins to look in this whole deal and see what the heck's going on here because they're like, hey, there's some, there's some stuff out there and we don't know what it is. We're going to create um, an office that's job is to track these things down and compile them and kind of figure out what the heck these things might possibly be. Then this year, 2023, uh, NASA came out, and they're, they're going to release a report that has not been released yet, but they had the experts come out and talk on a panel, and they're talking about UAPs, uh, and they're kind of talking about the, the guys that are writing this report came out to, to release this, and basically, they, they came out and said, listen, people, we have, again, a lot of these cases, again, where we can explain the great majority of this through natural... Uh, natural phenomena or known phenomena either it's a weather balloon or it's uh as scott i can't remember his last name forgive me the the astronaut he said hey one time i was flying a navy plane and i saw something weird we didn't know what the heck it was we came back and turns out it was a balloon with bart simpson's face on it Ta-da! so i saw a uap an unidentified uh aerial phenomena and it turns out it was just a balloon but he said it's important we make these reports because it's like we can all see things and it's important that we just don't let these things disappear. I think we're crazy. We need to, let's be honest with it. Let's not stigmatize it. Let's come out and let's say what is actually going on and what we see. And then we'll let these other people come in and investigate and figure out what the heck we actually saw. Uh, that's kind of the whole purpose of this. Nonetheless, yeah, there, there's 5 to 10% of these things that we just don't have enough data to resolve. But don't worry. If you see something, just let us know. You're not crazy. So basically, in summary, everything we've seen thus far, and, and again, we're talking just from 2007 till now, there's been a lot of interest on part of Congress and part of different units within the intelligence 
uh, world and within the military to begin to normalize this topic, to normalize, hey, you might be flying around, you might see something, you might be on the ground, you might see something, just let us know about it. It doesn't mean you're crazy because you saw something, just we need to know about this, okay? But at the same time, we have zero evidence that any of this is based off of aliens or extraterrestrials or any of that. That's kind of the summary. And everything was great in the world, and that was good and normal and not nothing too crazy. Uh, <clears throat> now, again, if you talk to the people in the UFO world, they'll be like, oh my gosh, the government's admitting it. Look at this video they showed of the Tic Tac. The Tic Tac is one of these little videos where it's kind of hard to see what could that thing be. It's <laughs> weird how it moves. Um, but again, the government is showing interest in this topic. They are beginning to bring this topic more out, and they're trying to destigmatize the topic. And everything was good until then. Until about three weeks ago. And I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to come back in a second, we're going to talk about the big uh, news that came out three weeks ago with a gentleman named David Grush. Very well, David Grush. On June 5th, uh, a website called The Debrief uh, gave an announcement regarding um, some of uh, Dave Grush's allegations. Dave Grush, uh, if you haven't heard of him, and again, it's it's interesting how this whole thing has played out regarding how it's come out in the news. It's not been through one of the major news sites, um, but really through this place called The Debrief and then through another news outlet called News Nation. I'd never heard of any of these two before this happened. Um, and I really haven't heard of them since, <laughs> to be honest, except for doing an investigation for this this podcast. Uh, with both of them, they, they all came out and they talked about what was uh, going on with David Grush. David Grush was actually part of the UAP task force. Um, and being part of that UAP task force, he said he was not a direct witness to, but he was an indirect witness to other people who were direct witnesses to everything regarding the um, existence of UFOs, UAPs, and non-human intelligences. Uh, he said this actually is an, an existing crash retrieval program set up by the government. It's been going on for quite a long time, at least since World War II, if not before. And uh, people have been within the government and other private entities that the government is associated with have been studying these craft that they've recovered. And the interviewer asked him if he also have bodies, and he said yes. Um, and that they have been uh, investigating these things. And as he was trying to get information for this to actually report to Congress regarding the UAP task force, he was shot down multiple times. And he found himself in a position where he felt like he had to basically blow the whistle, become a whistleblower. He went through the official channels to do that to uh, the, the DNI, I believe. Um, and uh, they, they, he has the document that says that his, his claims were uh, credible, um, realistic and credible. Now, his claims are not so much about the existence of non-human intelligence, as he's very quick to point out, um, but they are so much about that, his claims that uh, he's being denied access to these things and that he's being uh, he's being mistreated because of his interest in these things to report to Congress um, because of those reasons that hit those claims were um, likely and credible, were important and credible, I believe that's the correct terminology they use. Um, so, 
an investigation is going. So now he's come out forth. He's basically had to uh, renounce his his position. He lost his job. He's taken a great personal loss because of this. And he's come forward. And if he's lying about it, I mean, he's he's gone under oath under the perjury about what he said. And he is uh, getting ready to make a uh, ready for a congressional inquiry into this matter. Now, he makes some pretty incredible claims in the interview. You can I'll put the link below into the, into the News Nation interview. It's about an hour long um, when they sit down and talk with this uh, gentleman. Even then, it's edited down to an hour long. I believe it was much longer <laughs> than that. And he, I, it's, it's interesting. I'm also going to put um, a link into uh, the, the show notes as well for um, a review of the interview done by a YouTube channel. His name escapes me right now, but I know the main lead is is uh, Cameron. It leaves about Christian something. It's based on a Christian apologetic site, and they're going through this. And and in that uh, interview, is two um, guests. I know one is Jimmy Aiken. I, I forgot the other gentleman's name, but I'm going to look into it. Um, and with them, they were able to really go through this interview and look at it piece by piece and see what could be real or not. Jimmy Aiken is an absolute uh, star in this area. Uh, he is. Um, the host of the podcast, Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World. He comes at everything through a very interesting uh, perspective through both faith and reason. Now, he comes from a very Catholic background, so I don't share everything that he, he shares. And even if he was, and I wouldn't necessarily share everything that there is. You should not share everything that I agree with, dear listener. You need to think for yourself. Um, but it's it's a very interesting podcast. So he he's very much... Uh, in tune with the UFO, UFAP world, and all that kind of goes. And so he has some interesting perspectives on that interview. Um, and so Grush goes, goes uh, that interview will go through Grush's interview. In any case, just to keep on timeline here, not delve too much into it, because I'm going to let you guys deal delve into this this thing. And I, my, my, my purpose in this podcast is not to dive into any particular uh, uh, information too detailed, but rather just to uh, talk about how we can react to this information, if it is true, um, as you go from there. So Grush, again, does not seem to be like a typical UFO reportee that's that's maybe got some really kind of shady stuff. This is someone who is deeply involved in the actual official governmental supported research of this topic. And, and as he was doing this, he was rebuffed multiple times of trying to get more information, but he has seen... Nothing directly, but he's he's seen indirect um, evidence to the existence of non-human intelligence. Now he's very clear. He's very clear, and he makes multiple emphases on this that that may not be alien intelligence. That it may be something from different dimensions. He brings that possibility up multiple times. So maybe he knows something we don't. I don't know. I mean, obviously he does because most of what he he. You probably would like to say he cannot say because it's classified, but there are some other things that he does share that apparently are not classified. All I have to say, this was looking for. Now, with the, when the David Grush story broke, it was kind of fascinating. Like I, I saw it because it went across my news feed, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." I don't have a lot of news feed really, but it was, it was, it was interesting. So I started following up on it, and that kind of promoted me to want to do this podcast. I looked into, it, I was like, "Wow, this looks pretty, pretty amazing." It's, it's pretty serious the, the claims he's making. Um, and it just never really got much traction. It, it really didn't get out in the news a whole lot. We'll come back to the point in a second. So it really has not come up. And, and even though I was like diving into this thing and trying to follow up and seeing what the deal was, because it, it, it kind of came out in spurts and fits about the information there. 
until we got the full interview. Um, it, like, it was not showing up on my phone anymore, which is kind of interesting. Typically, you know, you, you're thinking about, oh, I, my refrigerator might be having problems. I might need to get a new refrigerator. You haven't even set it, and all of a sudden, you know, refrigerators are popping up in your phone <laughs> to buy. This was not, which is, I thought, very odd. Um, and I'll come back to the point in a second. But uh, the big criticism with, with Grush's interview and with Grush's information is that he's not a direct witness. And it seems like he's kind of standing out there on his own. Yes, it is most certainly uh, an oddity in the sense that he is taking great personal risk to come forward with this information. And the question is, what would motivate him to do such? And so a lot of people are kind of questioning what those motivations might be. And we're going to talk about those in a second. However, however, um, a lot of people are saying, yeah, we, we need more information. Well, fascinatingly enough, uh, and again, he came forth on June 5th. That's when the whole story first broke. Now, uh, let's see, today is June 28th. Two days ago on the 26th, uh, again, News Nation held an interview with Marco Rubio, the senator from Florida, in which he said he's been contacted, even prior to David Grush, by multiple other witnesses that are direct witnesses to the existence or the existence of something, where he says they have claims that they are direct witnesses to that. He, he, can't, he can't certify this himself, but he says multiple people have come forward to him from similar programs within the government and have made very very similar claims to David Grush, and they are first-hand witness to this, and they've talked to him, and they have brought their concerns to him as a senator. And he said more have come forward since the David Grush interview. And so he's trying to look and see what Congress can do to take, uh, to get involved in the mess, as Congress likes to do. So, here we are, everybody. This is kind of the situation. And again, a lot of this is not making news. And again, the Marco Rubio thing also did not come across my news thing. I was just checking to see if there's any more information that popped up before I actually got to recording this. And boom, there it was. So all that to say, timeline-wise, it feels like recently, in very short history, we're talking over the past maybe even 10 years or so, maybe going back 15, uh, there's been a real big I don't want to say concerted because I don't believe it is concerted, but there has been, uh, I would say, a major shift in policy within the United States government about how they're approaching this idea with uh, UAPs, non-human intelligences, and all that jazz. And it seems like they're becoming much more open and clear about it, and yet they're saying there isn't, and now we're getting information that maybe there is. Now... Does that mean that I believe there are aliens walking among us? No, I'm not saying that. Uh, you can watch the David Grush interview, and, and again, he's got some pretty fantastical claims. And as, as Carl Sagan said, and I'm no fan of Carl Sagan, but I believe he's true in this one. Is like, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And I'm probably lifting that uh, being requoted by Jimmy Aiken. And it's, it's true. There needs to be some sort of evidence for this. But again, most of the evidence for this appears to be classified, which means it's not going to come out in the public view. Uh, nonetheless, the question is, can you trust someone who's seen evidence and says, yeah, this is what it's actually like? That's a whole different question. So let's talk about what the realities may be. What could actually be happening here? And, and I want to go through all the different 
permutations and possibilities of what could be happening here to look at this as, as coldly as possible and without trying to say, yes, it has to be this or that or that. I don't want to have a dog in the fight here. I just want to say, hey, let's look at everything that could be going on here um, and consider this, and specifically in this case of David Grush. But any claim, any particular claim that could be for some extraordinary news. And again, this case, it's talking about UAPs and NHIs, but it could be for any extraordinary claims. And again, you could, again, uh, in, in that one YouTube video they're discussing this kind of almost comparing it similar to the, the testimonies of the disciples regarding uh the resurrection of jesus so they're, they're looking at it through an apologetics thing and they're saying hey if we're going to apply the same metrics to using eyewitness testimony for the resurrection of jesus does that mean we, I mean, we have to be honest and clear and, and we need to apply those same metrics here so they're trying to do that now obviously with david gresh only had one case there they didn't know anything about the marco rubio stuff yet um so they're kind of looking at that. Now, obviously, they're not comparing the magnitude of the resurrection of Jesus to, to UAPs, and I certainly would not either. Again, the greatest events in the in the history of mankind is is the death and resurrection of Jesus, bar none. Um, there ain't nothing out there that's going to beat that. Let me be clear where my allegiances lie. So I just want to be 100% clear on that. So let's talk about all the different, um, all the different uh, uh, options that are here. So, really, we're looking at uh, the realities being found here. So, I'm going to look from the least interesting to the most fascinating options of what could be here. Number one, it could just be an honest misunderstanding. It could be that David Grush was looking at this information and he just didn't quite understand what he was looking at. Or that the people that were talking to him were looking at some other set of data and they didn't understand what they were looking at. And they came to a false conclusion that they honestly believe, right? Like I, I can, I can, uh, I, I can go make a sandwich and I can grab a jar out of, out of the fridge. And I can think I'm really putting cream cheese on there when actually it was mayo. And I'm convinced that I grabbed the cream cheese. It turns out, oh no, somebody put some mayonnaise in that thing and whatnot, and it, it got thrown around on me. But I'm convinced it is. And it's not until I bite into it, it's like, whoa, that is definitely not what I thought it was. But I was convinced it was something else. And this may be the case. Uh, the government has multiple entities within it. Data is not shared freely. And there's multiple people that are not allowed to see everything and so people might look at certain things come to certain conclusions because they can't see the whole picture maybe they're not given the whole picture and maybe they're purposely deceived we'll get to that in a second but maybe they just come to the wrong conclusion looking at what is in front of them and it is just an honest misunderstanding and what they're thinking is actually non-human intelligences actually are human intelligences and uh this is something that is not uh, exotic to our planet or exotic to our time or to our dimension. We'll get into these different options in a second. So this could just be very run-of-the-mill stuff that is very weird, but it is, it's just misunderstood in terms of its origin. So that's option number one. It's an honest misunderstanding. Uh, again, no evil intent is just no, no misdeception on no, no deception on the part of David Grush and these other people. They just don't understand what they're looking at. That's number one. Number two is this could be an all-out deception. There could be straight-out lying here. And, and let's look at, if, I want to look at four different options of what this could be. <clears throat> and uh, three of these 
really go under the category of a psyop. And if you look at a lot of the comments online about this, a lot of people say psyop, psyop, psyop. What is a psyop? This is a psychological operation. And these are these are operations that are done by the military uh, to make people believe something that is not true for the benefit of that particular side of the military. So, for example, uh, Jimmy Aiken mentions this in, in the YouTube video about how the Majestic 12 papers that came out in the late 70s or early 80s were actually a psyop against the Russians. The Majestic 12 papers were a series of documents that were quote-unquote leaked from the government that talked about how the United States actually did have alien technology and had understood it and was beginning to apply it and was very far advanced with this and even had some agreements with the aliens all this was trying to, to freak out the russians so they wouldn't nuke us <laughs> and it was not true none of it was true that we know of and <laughs> so they released this to just basically freak out the russians the whole point of these things were just a psychological psychological operation to give false information to gain a wartime advantage okay that is a psychological operation and the U.S. government and the military has done it against U.S. citizens. Um, again, Jimmy Aiken refers to a case, and I forget this gentleman's name, but he was a, a, a contractor with the government. And somehow he became convinced of uh, that the government had alien technology, and an Air Force officer aside to his case ran a PSYOP against him. It actually made him go crazy. He's in the loony bin right now. Um, he, this Air Force officer faked evidence made incredible scenes broke into the guy's house because he wasn't like going all the way into the psyop that he wanted to but as quick as he wanted to switched out his computer with the exact same model and everything like same files and everything but just with a few additional files to make him realize oh wait look at that i didn't see that before and make him go absolutely loony um now how this guy in the air force was able to do this without getting going to jail because of that i don't know i there's some there's parts of that story i don't know enough about but it, there's some things that i'm just like that just seems wrong and uh, unethical and immoral and i feel like there should be some legal case brought against whoever did that <clears throat> whatever but the, it is a documented case it is a well-known case and so the government has a history of doing these psyops the question is who are these psyops directed against now, it could be that these psyops were directed against David Grush and others within the military. It could be that this is a way for the military to weed out the people that are not, quote unquote, trustworthy to the highest levels of, of classified information. And they, they are trying to basically weed out these people and make them think something and see, are they going to go public with it or are they going to keep the secret to themselves? Are they going to keep their hands keep their cards close to the chest, so to speak. And if, if that was the case, then obviously Grush failed because he went public with it. He felt like there was some wrongdoing and he's, he's willing to go forth because he felt like the wrongdoing that he was observing or that was placed in front of him was sig significant enough that it did need to be brought to the public's attention. And again, I don't know. It, it could be that this was a psyop against Grush and it, or also, or, or and also uh, a psyop against the people that he was talking to. Now, Gresh said he spent four years looking into this because he did not believe it at first. He said he was he was not convinced of what he was seeing, and so he did a very good job, according to himself, of looking into his information, 
checking his data, checking his sources, corroborating this among multiple sources and finding that. And so he felt like when he actually knew enough, he was able to step forward. It wasn't like he just saw one bit of evidence then ran out the door and said, hey, everybody, look at this. So he, he says he's done his homework on this. Again, we don't know what type of or what degree of psyop would be required to necessarily weed somebody out to the next level of, of, uh, of clearance, per se. If that is even a practice within the government, which it may or may not be. I, I can see it could be something that could be done. What are the other options for a psyop? It could be a psyop against, again, others like Russia. Um, so this is something that's trying to uh, to go against um, Russia. Now, how, uh, again, it, it's it, if it is, I don't know if it's doing a really good job. I don't know how much Russia is actually paying attention to it because it, it really feels like this is not necessarily a PSYOP against, um, against uh, the U.S. public because it's really not moving around in the news a whole lot. So it feels like this is not really directed to the general public if this is an intentional deception. It's not really, it, it's out there enough so that if you're looking for it, you'll find it, but it's not really being moved around a lot. And whatever, you know, the algorithms are doing, <laughs> uh, it's not really being pushed. So you, you really got to look and find for it. So it may be that it's just directed towards Russia. Maybe it's just directed to something else. Nonetheless, I would like to think that any country or political entity that this is directed against would have enough know-with-all to kind of go through the same questions that I'm going through because I'm not an intelligence officer. And if I'm finding it hard to believe that this is directed against them, I think they would have an even harder time to believe that. And then you also have, when it was just David Gress, one thing, but now you've got a senator on it as well, which makes it even more convoluted. Like, what, what kind of PSYOP is this? And again, has the PSYOP gone to the level, it's like, hey, we're trying to deceive senators at this point, or did it just kind of get out of hand, and now it's like, oops, maybe this is going a little too far. So that's that. Or maybe, and, this is, and, and again, I, I w if I had to rate these in terms of likelihood, I'd say the PSYOP against Grush and people within the intelligence agency from the very own intelligence agency, I feel like that is probably one of the most likely options here um, in terms of just boring explanations. Um, I think that's probably even a little more likely than just misunderstanding, to be honest. Uh, I think it's, it's hard to look at evidence year and day in, day out, and be like, yep, I, I was looking at it wrong. It's possible, but I just think it's hard to get to that point. Um, I think it's more likely a psyop from the within the government to other people within the government, um, just to test them against Russia or some other entity out there. I mean, maybe. I mean, but but again, Russia's claims are that Russia also has crashed alien craft, and that the Chinese have crashed alien craft. So if he's saying they already got this, well. I, I don't know what he's trying to do against them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of a thing. Or, or is there some fourth entity out there, like North Korea maybe, uh, that he's trying to like throw something against to make them not want to nuke us? I don't know. Maybe. Um, and again, Grush might just be a pawn of the government in doing that. And he's going to be protected even though he's, he's, he could be potentially perjuring himself. You know he'd be forgiven for it and exonerated of that. There we go. The last option that I think is, is in terms of psyops, which again I think is not that likely, is that this is a psyop against against the U.S. government and the people of the U.S. from a different player. Maybe there's somebody within, deep within the government, that's trying to throw us off. They're trying to distract the U.S. government from what's really going on 
and say, look over here, look over here, when they're trying to do something else. Uh, again, it's it's why and who and who has that level of access to really be throw, pe throw people off that are deep within the machine and very... Uh, have have access to very high classified documents that's kind of uh, yeah that, that's kind of a big question what, what's going on there now it, again it most certainly could be it could be some defense contractor who's trying to do something and, and trying to move some tokens around and don't doesn't want anyone to notice it and so they're trying to say look at this again and that may be the case because it's not really going towards the public it's going to somewhere else so i don't know man and then the other option for straight out deception is that it is a hoax. They're just making it up to get the attention. Doesn't it feel good to be on TV, everybody? It feels really good. Now, uh, it, it, it can always be a hoax. I mean, you can't ever rule that out per se. But the question is, why? Why would this guy come forth and then risk his own, uh, his own career, which is pretty exemplary? Why would he risk his own name and risk going to jail for perjury just to... Go out there and say, hey, everybody, look at me. Aren't I cool? And then you also have this thing like, why would a senator do that as well in an interview on, on a national news station? That's also kind of weird. Like, why? Why would now two people be involved with the hoax? The, the, the hoax thing kind of gets more difficult, especially as more people get involved in it. Now you've really got to have some level of coordination uh, and, and why, why do they start with this guy first and not with the Senator? You know, why, uh, you know, it's like, I, I find a hard time having a Senator saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to put my neck out and say, I've had people approach me about this. And again, he's not saying the claims are true or anything. He's just saying he's had people come to him and say this. So maybe he's not hoaxing anything. Maybe these other people are hoaxing, but why, why are these other people hoaxing just, and, and these other people that have come forth and talked to the Senator, uh, Rubio without disclosing their name, cause they're scared of their own job losing their job they're scared of their own life apparently uh they're scared of retribution typically hoaxers want attention that means they're going to put their names out there they're, they're going to get out there and they, they want to be in the limelight so it's it seems a little odd i, I don't really find the hoax explanation very likely I, I just don't see where that that fits in so that brings us to what if these claims are real now Again, if these claims are real, if what Grush has heard or been told of what other people have said and what these other witnesses have said is true that this is something that is not of this world, quote-unquote, then let's look at what these things could possibly be. And I've got six different options here. So we're going to talk about this ideas of non-human intelligences. Number one, the most, you know typical one that everyone's going to think of is that these non-human intelligences are truly alien extraterrestrial life. These are uh, intelligent beings from other planets or other bits of space in general to keep it as, to keep it as non-specific as possible to cover everything. These are intelligent beings from space that are not from the planet Earth. Uh, and they're here and they're visiting our planet, either directly or remotely. They're sending drones or something else to come and visit us, or they're coming here directly to visit us. That, that's, that's number one. Uh, that, that would be a possible explanation of what's going on. Number two. And again, as I say these things, I'm not saying I have a dog in the fight with any of these. I'm just coldly examining what all the different possibilities could be. 
maybe these non-human intelligences are from another dimension. And again, David Grush made a great emphasis on this in multiple points in the interview that and he, he says he's... He's a physics nerd. He likes physics. He's like, you know, it could very well be that these things are from a different dimension. He really seems to put a lot of emphasis on that possibility. And then the question becomes, why? Why is he so focused on that? And what does that mean, other dimensions? I mean, that that has a lot of different room where it could go. He talks about the different dimensions that we know about in physics through quantum mechanics and everything along those lines, and that might be the case. How that works out, I have no idea. That's a whole different thing that we'd have to consider. Perhaps the non-human intelligences are cryptoids. Now, again, cryptoids, as I mentioned earlier, um, I learned this from Jimmy Aiken, is they are uh, terrestrial species that are just not known to us. You know, this is where you get into the real woo kooky stuff. It's like the earth is hollow and the lizard people live down there. And that that's the ones that are flying around <laughs> and getting crashed. Uh, that that's again, a possibility. I'm not commenting on how likely any of these things are, but let's just consider all the possibilities. Non-human intelligences may be spiritual beings. They might not be actually physical. Maybe we're talking about demons here. Maybe we're talking about angels. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, maybe it's the Nephilim. I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing out all the possibles possibilities here. Uh, maybe non-human intelligences are actually from this Earth. They're just from a different time. Maybe they're time travelers. Maybe they're coming from the future and visiting us now, or maybe they're coming from the past and coming to the future. I I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to think: is anything that could be possible out there? And lastly, there might be something out there that none of us can even begin to conceive of that's actually the truth and the reality and is just so far beyond even our wildest sci-fi imaginations that it just goes beyond anything we could ever begin to conceive of. I'm not really sure what that would be, but again, we always got to keep the, the, the door open because we don't know everything. That is very, very, very true. So... Those are options. Really, it's either misunderstanding, it's some sort of deception, or it's real. That's kind of it. I don't think there are many other options out there. Uh, that, that's kind of it. Now, I'm not commenting on how likely any of this is. I mean, it's, it's uh, again, it could be anything and everything. We don't know. It could be multiple things. And sometimes convoluted truths tend to be multiples. But let's just say, for the sake of reality... Let's say Congress at some point in the near future comes out and says, hey guys, surprise, we actually have found non-human intelligences. Here's proof. They're walking around the, front, the, the, the lawn in the White House. Here they are. Say hi. What and how are people going to react? How in the world are we going to react to that news? And that's what I'm going to look at to end this podcast. What are our options to, uh, to react to such a revelation? I'm going to come back and talk about that. So there it is. It's the big reveal. It's there. How can you react? What are the possible reactions we can expect anybody to have with such spectacular and think this through for particularly going to have the sinful options. Free them all in a single before we talk about wrapping up the thing for so long. This is going very long, but there's, there's a lot to this. This is a big one. And there's a lot more ramifications to this that I really want to get into in the next episodes. So, let's talk about the main three ways you can react to any news that you hear, not just necessarily non-human intelligence. 
They are deny, doubt, and accept. And those three fall on a scale. You can outright deny, or you can kind of somewhere between denial and doubt, or you can be somewhere between doubt and accepting, or you can just outright accept. You, you can fall anywhere within the scale. Um, but I, I would like to propose that generally speaking, how you react to unexpected news uh, is going to be predicated mostly upon what your preconceived concepts are about that particular item. So, let's say we have you have this idea that yeah, there's there's probably you know other life forms out there in the in the universe. The universe is a big place. I think it's pretty likely. So if the news pops out that hey, there here here's some aliens. They're right there. That doesn't feel like such a big shock. It's it falls within your general concept of the worldview that you have, right? That's something that you can begin to understand. And so you might have doubts about what are these really aliens, or is this some sort of hoax, or is this something else? You know, I think most people are definitely gonna go on the doubt side. But at least there is this idea of a preconceived notion that this could be. Now, if you are the type of person that sincerely doubts everything that comes out, that everything is fake news, and so all of a sudden if the government says there's aliens, then obviously it must be a lie because your preconceived Notions are that it is the government's only possible uh, motivation and action is to lie and lie and lie some more. With that, anything that's put out by the government is going to be viewed through the lens of a lie. And therefore, it's going to be denied. This is not true. This is not real. This is not what exists within the realm of possibilities simply because of the source it's coming from. And, obviously, we have the incredible notion of what this potentially could be. So, with all that, um, I, I, I want to say, like, there really are a few different ways to look at this, but mostly it's going to be, how do you already conceive this, this idea? Uh, we, we see, even in the Bible, Paul being the smart guy that he was back in the day uh, when he was a Pharisee, the Pharisees had a concept of an afterlife. They believed that God was going to do something after people dead, there was a bigger sense of justice than just the life we were living in. The Sadducees, Sadducees, uh, for example, they did not believe in afterlife. They thought, no, 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 once you die, that's it. So if you're going to do good, you do good in this life, and God will reward it for you in this life. But once you're done, you're done. That's it. Well, when Paul was being <laughs> imprisoned and, and he's brought before the, the council in Jerusalem, he, he did this very smart little thing because he knew they were both Sadducees and Pharisees at the same time. And so when he started talking about Jesus, he talked about how uh, he, as a Pharisee, knew that God could raise people from the dead or that God had had a life after this death. And therefore, we knew he knew that obviously the Messiah was going to be raised from the dead. And that's why he's preaching Jesus, because Jesus came back from the dead. There is an afterlife, at which point chaos ensued because with that big unexpected news, now they already knew what people were talking about, he was able to drive the division further between the Sadducees and the Pharisees for his own benefit in this case, to number one, preach Jesus, and number two, try to get out of getting stoned and whipped and all the, the different things he was facing at that moment. Stroke of genius. Um, and I think it's very true what, <laughs> what Jesus said to his disciples, that the Holy Spirit would be with him in the time that they're standing before kings and princes and rulers and people that want to accuse him of things, that the Holy Spirit would show them what they needed to say. And we, I think this is a case where you definitely see Paul listening to the Holy Spirit and being smart to how, how to use 
uh, the existing divisions within his persecutors to his own advantage. Um, and I think to the advantage of the kingdom of God, generally speaking, because we got some really good letters after the, after he still uh, was was taken away and imprisoned after this time. So I think that was definitely worth it. Um, so all that to say, again, preconceptions are going to be a big, big, big part of this. Now, let's talk about each of these. Let's say a reveal happens, news comes out, there's uh, there's the little green men dancing on the White House lawn, and they say, hey, let's give a nice earth heart for uh, earth earth a warm earth welcome i've never had to say that before <laughs> to our visitors here is clack duvrata nick too he's going to give us a little speech or she or wh- whatever gender this this alien might be if they even have genders uh let's let's give him a well a warm welcome so the question is how are you going to receive that denial denial we just say hey this doesn't fit into my preconceived notions it's fake this is fake news this is a hoax this is a psyop this is a deception this is not real or these are demons or there's something that's trying to cause us to 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 go uh and believe in this and we're gonna resist it and because it simply cannot be true we really have to question what are the motives of the news bearer why is the news bearer bringing this before us obviously there must be something they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes why uh, and so now it just begins to to cause doubt and uh, and cause a lack of trust within the people that are bringing this this really unexpected news. Um, in terms of the future actions that come from people that are in denial, uh, obviously they're they're going to continue to doubt even further the news bearers, whoever they may be. Uh, they're not going to believe in them because they think this is just adding fuel to the fire of whatever it is like or even if someone was considered to be trustworthy as in the case of paul with jesus now he can no longer be considered trustworthy he's no longer one of us as the pharisees he looked at the other eye not so many even those one us the news they bring so radical and different that it no longer be he no longer be should be as uh and we see the pharisees now trying to kill paul just like <laughs> they tried to kill jesus because the news they were bringing was just outside of what they conceived as possible was outside of what they conceived to be good, and uh, they didn't want anything to do with it. Now, I'm not saying that the news about aliens is something that's that's about the akin to the good news of Jesus. Don't get me wrong here, but I'm saying the way that people can react is similar. Okay, because this is again kind of earth-shattering type news. Hopefully, not literally. Um, all right, future actions again. Continue to deny, uh, doubt the news source, and we can see deniers move into an. Uh, various forms of resistance. This might be passive resistance, like I just don't believe it, I'm not going along with it, or it might be active resistance, like we need to go bomb those aliens and, and expose this lie to the people, therefore we're going to get on our militia and go get violent and go kick some alien butt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. According to the great words of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, um, but in this case, they're not thinking it's alien, actually aliens, they're just going after the people making the lies. So that's kind of the reactions that you can get from folks that will deny the news. Uh, doubt. Now, doubt can, again, this is going to fall within that, that, that regime between uh, denial and acceptance, but it is most certainly its own particular realm. And it is the sense that I do not believe that this is true, or this is raising more questions than it is actually bringing answers. I find this hard to believe. This does not seem to be true. Now, I'm not saying that it's not true. It's just maybe we don't quite understand what's going on here. 
again, this is kind of more of an agnostic position if you want to compare it to that. The, an atheist would be someone who just flat out denies the existence of God. An agnostic is someone who says, I don't know, and I'm not sure that I can know. Therefore, I'm just going to leave it as it is and just say, I don't know. I'm just going to doubt. And if you're going to try to prove it to me, you're going to have to come up with a lot more evidence to actually convince me to move to the point of acceptance. Uh, this is this is a really safe position to hold on anything. Anytime you hear new news, it's very easy and safe to doubt. Because in one sense, it's like, well, if it turns out to be false, you didn't accept it and you don't look bad. If it turns out to be true, then it's like, well, I had my doubts, but now that I see that it's true, now that we have the evidence that's true, I can believe it. But it, it really is, is the safest quote-unquote position you could have, is that of doubt. Um, and in terms of faith, that's why kind of doubt is an interesting spot. I, I feel like we all pass through moments of doubt, and I don't want to downplay that whatsoever. But again, faith is something radically different than doubt. And I would say faith is actually something different than acceptance based on facts and evidence. Faith is actually something that is not based on facts nor based on evidence. Faith is the certainty of that which cannot be seen. I can't prove it to you, but I'm believing it. And doubt is kind of the opposite of faith. It's like, yeah, I'm seeing some evidence, but I'm actually not believing it. <laughs> You're always thinking, I don't think that actually the full reading going on. I'm not denying any evidence before. And then it's really but really to get out as well, because once you start doubting, you kind of don't stop doubting. Um, and, and again, most skeptics, they are so full of doubt, they kind of more go to the side of denial, that even if something is presented with evidence, they have a hard time seeing the evidence. Like, no, that, that can't be true. And so they just dismiss it. And a good lawyer, a good investigator, they're all going to find a way to create doubt. They're all going to way to make this eh, out How good am I? How good is him? How good is that? Let's see what that you are sure someone said you bet. Now you're going to doubt all these things about your own memory and everything. It just leads to the slippery slope where you just get to a point where you cannot know anything. And the only way life functions in some sense is you've got to have some sense of faith. You've got to believe that the person that's talking to you is not going to try to pull out a knife and stab you. You got to believe that when you go home and, and you're eating food, that someone didn't put poison in your food. If, if you doubt everything, and if you begin to live a life of worry and concern about every aspect of your life, you're not living anymore. You're just avoiding. You're just trying to stay alive. And that's that's a sad, sad, sad state of existence. So, in terms of future actions for doubters, really, all you can do is is either you get sufficient evidence to push you to the point of either denial saying, wow, this is really not true, this is fabricated, or you get sufficient evidence to point you to the point of acceptance, or no amount of evidence ever will ever let you get to either of those states. You're just stuck in the middle because you just want to be safe. There it is. Um, and then finally we get to the point of acceptance. Now, with acceptance, hold up one second. I'm checking my notes here, everybody. Check them out. Okay. So with acceptance, you're believing it's true. Those are little green men rock running out there, and they are there. They're from Alpha Centauri, from wherever they're from. And by golly, I saw it. It's true. It must be true. Um, now, 
with acceptance, it's kind of similar to, uh, well, okay, with acceptance, it really, um, if, if the news that you're seeing is, is monumental, it's going against your previous conceptions of the world. What acceptance does is it basically, it brings it into conflict. The news comes in conflict with your previously held worldview understanding. And you have a few options here based on that. Number one, the new evidence can destroy and replace your old beliefs, your old worldview. You can say, wow, I see this now. I realize I was wrong. Therefore, I'm going to jettison that which I held before. In light of this new evidence, I'm accepting this evidence. I'm determining it to be true. Therefore, I'm going to throw out everything that I held to be true previously based on this. So whatever this occupies, what I had previously, it's gone. Uh, this idea that, hey, you know, the, the earth used to be the center of the universe. And now someone says this, the earth is rotating around the sun. Ooh, that brings it into conflict. Where does this take us? Where does this move us? Either you have to throw out the baby of the bathwater and be like, well, maybe, maybe the sun's not the center of the universe now. Maybe it's something else. And so maybe now the sun's the center of the universe, and that begins to occupy what you believe to be the center of, of everything around it. And then you realize the sun ain't anything special either, according to all of our astronomy uh, research. And then it's like, well, maybe the center of the galaxy is. And it turns out that's not the center either. Maybe there never really is a center. Uh, maybe we'll just never know agnostically. Um, so it puts you to a spot where you're continually beginning to destroy and jettison that which you held to be true previously based on new uh, new information. The other option is, uh, you can renegotiate your previously held beliefs. You begin to be like, well, okay, eh, okay. I see this is true. And now I've got to basically let this occupy only the space that it's occupying. And I've got to come to a new understanding of what I held to be true before. So now maybe I see it. The earth is not the center of the universe, but that doesn't necessarily mean that just because the sun is the center. That doesn't mean that God doesn't exist anymore. And yet some people came to the conclusion like, wow, earth's not the center of the world. People sure thought that the earth was the center of the world because the Bible talks about the earth and everything. And so we must be the focus of it. And if we're not, then maybe the whole thing's gone. And the whole baby gets thrown out of the bathwater, destroyed. But some people say, no, maybe we just didn't understand it properly before. Maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, the sun actually is the center of our solar system. The earth is going around the sun and God still exists. Maybe he still is in the middle of this and, and we just didn't understand things previously. And so there begins to be this negotiation. Or you can get to the very uh, uncommon position, which is that you can hold two differing beliefs at the same time. Yes, I know the earth rolls around the sun, but the earth is still the center of the universe. <laughs> uh, and, and again, that's kind of a hard, hard thing to hold because you, you really have to be able to live with a lot of tension at that point. You have to say, listen, I understand this and I understand this, and I'm able to hold those two realities concurrently, which is uh, frustrating. Let's put it this way, frustrating to the typical Western mind. However, I would say when you get into other cultures, this is not that uncommon. This is actually pretty common. Uh, it, it's, it's a pretty typical way of understanding different elements and aspects and areas of the world and life. 
and that doesn't really cause anyone to have any mental breakdowns. However, in the West, we, we don't like that. We want everything to be congruent, and we're going to have a podcast based talking just about this very aspect of how we consider truth specifically. So that's coming up. Pay attention. Um, so that's it. That's it. Really, those are your three options. Now, there is a fourth option. And with this, I'm going to close. This, to me, is the big takeaway on this whole entire story. And here it is. The fourth option is to, with when you're faced with big, breaking, immense, world-shattering news, the fourth option is just to simply ignore it. To not look at it. To just, yeah, not care. Either willfully or illwillfully, just be like, yeah, okay, whatever, and move on because there's something much more interesting that's holding your attention. Or you just can't deal with this right now. It's like, this is too much. I got other things to deal with. I just need to get my laundry done. I'm going to do my laundry. I don't care if there's a tornado coming, whatever. If it hits me, it hits me. There's nothing I can do anyways. I just got to get my laundry done. Let me focus on my laundry. Uh, and and I, I'd like to say, I'd like to posit that at this moment, I feel like the great majority of the people on the planet are embracing position number four, ignore. And I think we're embracing position number four, ignore on pretty much everything. I'm not talking just about this news with David Rush or non-human intelligences. I'm talking about everything. We are so flooded with information and so flooded with things that are important that at some point, We've just thrown up so many barriers that it's just like, we don't care. If this isn't telling me if, if it's going to help, if, if, if you know, human intelligence are going to tell me if, if it's going to make Trump be elected as president, then I just don't really care. If the aliens don't twerk and have a good uh, TikTok account, then I just don't really care. You know, if, if the aliens are going to help me make my mortgage payment, then I just don't really care. Uh, if, if the aliens aren't going to gonna make me, I don't know, get more likes and views on my channel, then I just don't really care. I think we're so wrapped up in just the, the menial and daily small little tiny things that are so important uh, that we get so wrapped up around them and so distracted by just the general entertainment and distractions that, that uh, surround us from our smartphones that even if there was big news and spaceships showed up outside and started zapping everything, I just don't think anyone's going to care. Uh, it, it, and, and honestly... If I was in charge of the world and I knew I had some groundbreaking truth to reveal to the world, and I was concerned about, man, should I tell those people? Should I not tell the people? Because I'm kind of concerned how they're going to react, if they're going to freak out or not. Now would probably be the best time of any because people just are going to ignore it. They just don't care. And I feel like that's kind of what I've seen with this whole news story. It's like nobody cares. I mean, the, the people in the UFO people. Uh, world is like, this is amazing. This is incredible. Finally, we're getting justified. We're getting some proof here. This is coming out. Yay. We're going to have our celebration. We're going to have the reveal. And the rest of the world is like, good for you. Glad you like it, brothers. Enjoy. And they just don't really, it doesn't really matter. It's just much easier to ignore it and go about on the things that are truly quote unquote important for us. And, and possibly the second most groundbreaking piece of, of news and information that could transform all of human history uh, is right at our doorstep, potentially, potentially not. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> oh, mercy. So that's it, everybody. That's the podcast. Uh, 
<coughs> oh, and that's that's how I was gonna end. I'm sorry. So with this most groundbreaking bit of, of, of human history, I feel like it's going to be revealed in the most boring way possible, if it is to be revealed, if it is true, if it's not, I don't know. But I'd say if it's going to be released, it's going to be done so in a congressional hearing on C-SPAN. And everybody's really not going to care. <laughs> that's what it's really going to hit. So, let's see if that's how it goes down. I don't know. It might not go down. It might all be hoaxed. It might be a psyop. It might be who knows what. I I really don't know. Um, you know, and again, this is what we'll talk about. Hey, what is this potential? This is like end of the world type stuff. Is this a big deception? Is the Antichrist? We'll, we'll get into all that. We're going to discuss all those different possibilities, but that that goes down the same path of what a deception could be. So there it is. All right, everybody. I love y'all. Y'all great. Please, if something breaks, don't lose your faith. Don't go to a crisis and be like, yes, I accept it. And I'm going to throw everything I knew to be true out. It's all hogwash. No, 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 no. Next episode, we're going to look at, let's say there actually are non-human intelligences out there. Uh, there's other forms of life out there and they're intelligent. The question now becomes, well, what does that mean in terms of our faith? What does this mean? Is this is this a surprise for God? Is this a surprise for us? Are there any indications in the Bible that this could not be true? Are there any uh, indications that it must be true? We'll look at all those things. Uh, probably not must be true, let's be honest. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll discuss some of these options and what things would look like going forward if we were to find non-human intelligences. How are we going to react with that from the faith perspective? So, there we go, everybody. Have a wonderful week. I hope to be back next week or the next two weeks uh, with the next edition of this podcast, looking into that topic of what if, what if, what if, and how we can adjust and how we can uh, uh, prepare or never be prepared uh, for what God might have for us if there is to be big news coming our way. Lord bless you. Seek the Lord. Do well. Love your neighbor and seek out God's goodness for you in your life. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.